0: And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Time to welcome to the studio from Envision Financial, Luke Smith. Thanks for dropping by. Good afternoon. Once again, we've got a cracking <laughs> topic. Today's question is this, how to prepare for rising interest rates? Luke, isn't it a bit late? They already started rising.
1: Well, they've only just started moving, and I guess I want to try and get out to listeners now. If you're, If you're sweating bullets at what's happened so far... Buckle up because there's plenty more to come between now and probably the end of the first quarter next year. But I think as a general guide, we'll probably have a better understanding of where interest rates or where cash rates are going to go by mm. Christmas.
0: It's really quite extraordinary when you stop and consider it because we've had a couple of interest rate rises already mm. and people are running around putting their hands in the air going, the sky is falling, the sky is mm. falling and get the cash rate. It's still only 1.35 percent.
1: Correct, and the RBA have been talking. You know, you look at equity markets, and equity markets have come under pressure this year for a range of reasons, because there are a number of headwinds: oil prices, inflation, all the things that that are that is going to impact what happens, both here and in America. And we've seen some rather hefty interest rate rises in America with 75 basis points just the other day. That's yep. two so second on, second one two row, on the yeah. bounce for them, and and they actually pulled that back from potentially moving. At 1% for this month mm. So the market perceived that as very positive And that's really what people need to keep in mind here Is that, you know, interest rates are going to impact earnings And all the other assessments of value Rental incomes and, and, and cash flow and all that sort of stuff But like you say, the, the sky's not falling mm. right? The sky's only well, falling if you've been a pork chop
0: For most of my life, 1.35% cash rate would have been ridiculously low Oh, and as I
1: said to a lady yesterday, if I'd have offered you two point seven percent in a term deposit eighteen months ago, you'd have skipped down the street with no clothes on. Mm-hmm. Um, now people are, you know, getting, you know, well, two point seven. Could I get three? Could I get two point eight? Like, hang on. And I think that's, you know, as we were saying before we came on air, people need to keep the perception of what's happening in check. If you've gone and borrowed too much to keep Facebook and Instagram happy, guess what? You need to buckle up and either start saving more. Managing your savings Or get another job There are a lot of hours in the day that people don't use And scrolling through YouTube and Facebook Last time I checked wasn't paid employment No So, you know, if if you're unfortunate enough That you've listened to the RBA last year Where they said, oh, we're not going to up interest rates until 23, 24 I think, you know, as most commentators have said Over the last couple of months They've done the country a huge disservice By misleading uh, the the broader economy as to what could happen. Yeah. And if you have borrowed a lot of money and maybe outside of your comfort zone, buckle down, start saving, and get online. I', I say to most people get online at the moment and work out what five and a half percent would be on your mortgage payments and start putting that away now. because as you say, 1.35 cash, RBA wants cash at three percent or more by potentially Christmas. yeah and if that does happen, your average variable home loan will go from, you know, what was mid-twos in in February to mid-fives very, very quickly, which, again, I'm no historian, but it would have to be one of, if not the fastest interest rate rise over a specific time frame in probably the history of this country.
0: More than likely, yeah. It has, yeah. That's, that's the feature of it. It's been a rapid rise, but still, you know, historically, even when we get to the top of it, it's still not going to be all that high compared to where it may have been in the past. Yes. But I think the crucial thing we need to really think about today is that trying to complain about interest rates rising is a bit like complaining about the tide coming in. There's nothing you can actually do about it Except try and avoid getting your shoes wet. So, Luke, how do we keep our shoes dry? Yeah,
1: so I think, one, again, that, that perception is very important. You know, don't don't let this get you down. Um, you do have the ability to change loans, change providers. Have a look at what you're paying. Have a look at your loan structure and just make sure that it's appropriate for you. If you haven't looked at your home loan or you think you're on this rate, I find this all the time. People come in, I ask them, what's your interest rate? Oh, uh, 28 then we actually write, show me your phone, give me your bank statement. Oh, 4.7. Yeah, not flash. Mm. So you can then proactively go and try and get a better rate somewhere else and engage a mortgage broker to do all of the legwork for you, which is what they're there to do. The important thing about that is a good mortgage broker can take away the angst of the paperwork, but also have a very good understanding of your personal financial situation and the appetite of different lenders. Because not all banks want the same clientele. So use a mortgage broker to remove the angst of the process because you've got life and everything else to to, to sort of carry on with. Look at what's in your offset account. Look at where your money's going and, and and look at your discretionary spending. That's a big one that unfortunately at the moment, you know, lettuce and this and that, and, you know, the mm. crazy prices. You know, and again, it's a fallout of COVID. It's a fallout of oil prices, petrol prices, travel, transport, getting hold of wood steel. We've all seen cost of living go through the roof which is why interest rates are going up to curb inflation look at your spending stop and actually have a look at your credit card the big one i've used in other in other uh, shows is start shopping with cash We can do that again so if you want to actually control your budget and control your outgoings put what you need to run your house in your wallet leave your cards at home when you go to woolworths actually make a list because discretionary spending is one of the greatest ways to destroy a budget Uh, because you're not organised. You know, overspending is a tax on preparation. If you go to Woolworths with the list and the cash, you do not want to be the lady standing at the checkout with the young girl going, can I get a price check on size 28 undies, please? You don't want to be that lady, right? So if you're organised and you know what you're going to spend, avoid the embarrassment of spending more than you have in your purse, but also then it's very good from a cash flow perspective to rein in that, that waste or that difference between need and want um so you can sharpen up in everyday items cars clothing uniforms you know do you need to go out and buy your kids new school uniforms they don't have a second hand at the school like again might be in a bit extreme and people might go oh well i don't need to do that if you don't great but there are lots of ways for you to make positive choices to be able to reduce your outgoings to absorb the speed with which rates will continue to rise through till, as I say, the end of probably first quarter next year.
0: Yeah, and this point you made about you can use cash instead of relying on your cards, I've got to say over mm. the last couple of years, I've completely gotten out of the habit. I used to mm. use cash for a number of different things. Mm. And then after the pandemic struck and certain uh, outlets started to refuse to accept cash, yeah. I ended up walking around with the same two fifty dollars notes in my wallet for a couple of years. Yeah, look, I think it, one of them's still there. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and, and, and again, we just need to adapt to our environment. Yeah, that's right. 2021 – A lot of places pay wave, no contact, no touching. Mm. Well, vast majority of places now will take cash. Um, And and you're right though, because everybody's adapted to what we had to what we had to deal with, like masks, no masks, cash, no cash. Well, here in in this time, using cash can be a great way to control your spending, to avoid that waste. You know, the other thing I'd be doing is is looking at your loan setup. Do I have an offset account? Do I have a redraw facility? Am I variable? have I fixed the rate and and can I get a better structure? Again, look at your options strategically with a broker because they may be able to get you in a different product or a better product and give you plenty of choice, reduce your interest cost or potentially your payment. Can you go from principal and interest to interest only on investments? That may free up some cash flow. If your investment property has turned to negative cash flow and your mortgage has gone up, that might put a strain on... The cash flow in your household so considering principal and interest and interest only and which one is right for you can have a huge impact on your the cash flow of your asset and for those that are very pro paying things off if you get an interest only loan with an offset account and you do have any surplus you can fill up that offset and still pay it down so you're not you're not holding the asset at the same level of debt, you do have the ability to pay it down because I often use the word interest only and you can see the sweat running off people's nose before you say, just put an offset account with it and then you can pay it down. But it's a great way to manage your cash flow.
0: I don't know why people are frightened of interest only. It just means you never have to pay it back. Well, if you don't want to, correct. (laughs) But if you
1: do, you still can and that's that's what I think people often forget. Um, I think the other one people should also consider is look at what you have in your home. You know, I, I, I made this comment to my wife last night. You sit there on the couch and, and scroll through 15 different paid TV services and you still can't find anything to watch. Do you need all 15 of them? Mm-hmm. Which ones do you really use? Chop that out, chop that out, chop that out. You're not going to be short of a TV channel. But what do you use? And I think that's it. What are we using? What are we paying for? A lot of people have just been able to Mm. carry a lot of expenses that may be unnecessary because interest rates weren't that high and it didn't affect their cash flow. Are
0: there ways that we can use our super accounts to uh, help improve our cash flow situation?
1: Yeah, so another way to try and get some um, fat in your offset account, if you like, for use of a better term, is consider transition to retirement. You know, that's one we've spoken about in the past where if you've reached your preservation age so for example let's say it was 60 you're over 60 you're still working but you know interest rates have gone up on a couple of properties and, and you know you want to be able to pay things down look at using 10% of your superannuation as the maximum amount you could draw from where you don't have a source of income from somewhere else you know you don't particularly want to be selling assets like cars and you know the necessities to get the kids to and from school but if you're getting to a point or you're scared that Interest rates could get to a a level that it would impact the way you live significantly. Using superannuation is one vehicle that's available to you, and that is to take up to 10% of the market value of your fund each financial year on a tax-free basis over 60 to be able to add a little bit of extra capital to the offset account to keep rising interest rates at bay. So that's, that's one little way that people can do it. They can also look at, again, going from principal and interest to interest only. That will generally reduce the payment that the bank requires. It may result in you having a slightly higher interest rate, but the exercise here is not about the rate. It's about the payment and managing your cash flow. So it's important that you look at the outcome of the decision, not the driver of the choice you have. Principal and interest is a lower rate. Interest only is a higher rate. Oh, I don't like that it's a higher rate. Well, you're quite happy to have a slightly higher rate if your payment is a lot less. So you need to think about your why and make a decision that aligns with your why and your situation as it changes over the next six to 12 months.
0: Today, we're talking about what to do about being well prepared for rising interest rates. Mm. As I said before, uh, you can't complain about interest rates. It's like complaining about the tide. You can't do anything to stop it. All you can do is try to make sure your shoes don't get wet. So yeah, what are the key things to consider?
1: Well, I think one be prepared. I think be realistic. Um, I don't think I say your average investor, your average consumer, the, the conversations I'm having with people, they don't understand where rates could go or the expectation that the RBA has to try and curb inflation. They're maybe hoping there's one or two little ones to come and I think, you know, people need to be prepared for 1.25, 1.5, maybe more from where we are now, very very easily and at least one and a bit by christmas i think there's nothing wrong with overestimating how bad this could get because if it doesn't get there then wonderful that's great but if you're prepared for the worst and 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 something better happens great nothing nothing bad ever came from that i think people hoping and not reacting is actually more dangerous and i guess that's why we're just trying to you know use today's show to raise some awareness and just get people thinking you know be prepared be realistic look at your cash flow Manage your outgoings. Find out where your cash is going. You know, when I sit down with people and go, so what do you need to live on? I don't know. And then they say to me, well, can I retire? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> and we both have a laugh and then, you know, stuff gets real. But a lot of people don't know what they budget on. They don't have a budget. One of the problems with good cash flow is there's no consequence. And what I mean is when you haven't had to worry because there isn't anything dire that's going to occur, it you, you can tell yourself you deserve it. Oh, I work hard, I have this, I have that. You can sell anything to yourself about how you spend your money because you're not going to fail on a mortgage, you're not going to fail on a car payment, your kids aren't going to get thrown out of school. But when there is actually some sort of dire consequence potentially of rising costs and rising everything and yeah. fuel and food, as you said, groceries and general inflation... It's very important people know where their money's going. Have a look at your statements. Have a look at your fixed costs. Have a look at your car registration. Have a look at your insurances. Have a look at, you know, your electricity, your water, your gas. Do we solar? Do we not solar? And all of those other things. And, and also don't forget that if you don't need something, sell it. Just sell it. Somebody will buy it. Mm-hmm. There's probably thousands of dollars floating around your house in stuff you've never put on. You thought your bum looked big in that dress. If you think that's still the case, sell it. Use that money to build a bit of a buffer so that you can still have the nice things like going out for tea and and doing other things. I'm not saying sell everything just to pay interest rates by any stretch, but use the resources that you have around you to be able to maintain your lifestyle so that it doesn't become a burden within your family and change the way that you live because that can then have mental health implications. It can impact the children. It can impact the environment you live in. It can impact your relationship. Stay as happy as you can for as long as you can. And if that means you sell a bit of stuff, Great. Mm. There's, there's there's a raft of stuff you don't use at home, and everybody knows it.
0: Yeah. So so the aim there is basically just to build up your savings, isn't
1: it? Yeah. And and use it for the good, right? Don't you don't even want to say good and evil. Don't use it for the <laughs> evil interest rates. Use it for going out for tea on a Friday night, right? If you work mm. hard, you got kids. I got little kids. Someone said there's a dinner on somewhere. I'm there. Mm-hmm. Happy days. So you know, just be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your interest rates. Be aware of your structure. If you want some help, get some help. No problems. Get a mortgage broker involved, try and find a better rate, and you'll be able to shave it a few, a few percentage points here and there. A few dollars a month, everybody
0: wins. Glenis rang in and wants to know the answer to this question. What can we do to bring inflation down? Well, Glenis, let me tell you, we can't do anything. The Reserve Bank is attempting to bring inflation down by increasing interest rates. We'll have to keep our fingers crossed that it actually okay. works. Stop spending. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, I suppose, in a sense, if you, can, if you can buy a cheaper option rather than a more expensive one, you're doing your little bit to yeah. reduce inflation, aren't you?
1: Or just don't <laughs> buy it. You probably don't need it anyway.
0: Yeah, that's the way to go. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, it's just about uh, that time of the program, Luke, when I have to ask you where can yep. listeners get more information?
1: Yeah, so, look, if you want to get put in touch with a mortgage broker, um, my, my two go-to are, obviously, uh, at the moment, David Thomas, Trilogy Funding, I'd give him a ring if – he's, he's – they run a wonderful business there. Uh, Mark Nakera, Casa Mortgages, another one, provides a very, very good service and understands exactly what we've spoken about today. So if you want to speak to somebody for a price to see if you can sharpen something up, get in touch with us or get in touch with one of those two guys. They run good operations. Our number, 62604749. You've got envisionfinancial.com.au on the website. You've got the podcast, the strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify, and you've got the YouTube channel. You can subscribe to that, Envision Financial Canberra. We've got all the shows, the key takeouts before and after the ad break, and you don't have to read anything, which for me is
0: golden. That's the way to go, Luke. Thanks very much. See you next week. We'll see you next week when Luke Smith returns to the studio once again to talk finance right here on 2CC.